right. Welcome back to our third call to the pen. Obviously, we are all at home still, but representing the Mets all day, every day. All day. Um, What's up? <laughs> How's it going? How's it going, guys? Hope everyone out there in quarantine land, well, isolation land is doing well and uh, and that all your loved ones are well and our, our thoughts are with everyone who is uh, going through all this, but hopefully we can provide a little bit of a distraction for a few minutes for the team that, that we all love and the team that some of you out there love to hate. So. <laughs> and stay indoors, guys. Yes, stay home. Stay indoors. Stay home, wash your hands, be mindful of who you are around, being it kids or your grandparents um, or the elderly in general. So Yes. So what's okay. our first topic? All right, yeah, so let's jump into this. Topic number one. So obviously um, with Corona in full swing, we do have uh, Granderson, Curtis Granderson, former Met. Um, he has his grandkids foundation. Even though he's retired, um, this three-time all-time outfielder has been helping communities across the United States when it comes to corona. Um, people can donate to help children and their families who are in need of meals due to school closings. So how do you guys feel about Curtis you know, extending this olive branch? I'll, I'll quickly say that when we found out this news about Grandy and what, on all his efforts, I, uh, I posted on my Instagram and, and Facebook and whatnot, and I said simply, this is why this man has won the Roberto Clemente Award. Classiest man in baseball in the last 10 years, minimum in my opinion. I love him. Yeah, I think it's honestly a um, phenomenal thing that he's doing. I mean, he's always been involved, even when he was a bad or with any other team, that he always gives back to his community. So, honestly, hats off to him. With uh, and I hope he continues it. And that's why I'm wearing his uh, jersey number today. Yes. Got to show some love. So if you are interested in donating, uh, you can go to the grandkids.org slash COVD-19 um, online and donate. And we'll have that awesome. on the screen when you're saying that and at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good for Grandy. And also good for Rob Manford and MLB is teamed up with Fanatics to take – Jerseys that are replica jerseys that would be sold in stores, and instead of using the fabric and the patterns to make these jerseys, they're now shifting their production over to make gowns and masks that are needed on the front lines for those fighting this this pandemic, which is amazing. It is. It's absolutely fantastic. They have a plan to produce about one million of them, and they're planning to. Fanatics is planning to split that manufacturing cost with MLB. That's yeah, incredible. I think that's. And yet again, I think that's a great way for other, I mean, the MLB to really step up and give back, especially when now we're supposed to be talking about the baseball season. So the fact that they're still able to stay relevant and, you know, be involved in everything that's going on, I think it's it's good. Yeah, I can't, I can't speak enough good things about that. I, I was, because uh, I saw it on, when it first ran, I think, on ESPN, and I was like, Rob Manfred to make an announcement about MLB. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, let's see what happens. But I was glad when he came on and the, I think it was the, the CEO or president or whatever of Fanatics. And it was just it's – it's a heartwarming thing to see that people are getting involved. And I hope this will inspire other pro sports leagues to follow suit and get as much out there as possible because these heroes on the front lines need it. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. 
Right. So in terms of controversies, when it comes to the coronavirus, um, obviously we want to make sure that all of their resources have been dedicated to the people who do need them, including the ventilators, including the masks. Um, so obviously with the news coming on Thursday that Thor um, actually underwent the Tommy John surgery, there has been a lot of controversy between whether or not he actually needed the surgery, if it was necessary, and was he taking away resources from other people. So how do you guys feel about him being, you know, under the radar in terms of, you know, corona and its requirements now? Right down well, with you, I mean, the, the injury itself, that was completely out of left field. Uh, it I was. The, when I saw the news, I was just like, wait, is this, like, so is someone messing with us or is this for real? Uh, it sucks to see the news because we were hoping that he was going to be a major part in in our roster and hopefully lead us to a playoffs and if we can have no World Series. Um, it's, it sets us back a little bit in the rotation, but, you know, I think if it was, uh, if he injured himself, whether it was working out, working out in the offseason or if this was something that was bothering him before and he took the opportunity to um, get the surgery, then, yeah, I think it was necessary. Other than that, uh, I know with all this elective surgery that's being asked to cancel, you know, if, I'm not too familiar with the Tommy John surgery. I feel like every single player in the Mets rotation, including or in the past rotation, including Wheeler, DeGrom, and Matt, they all had the surgery. And Harvey. So, so I, I can tell was, you. It, was it something that was necessary? So the Tommy John surgery is an ulnar collateral ligament reconstruction, which is a surgical graft procedure where the ligament in the medial elbow is replaced with either a tendon from the patient's body or from a dead donor. So um, they were saying that whether or not he fits the qualifications, because is it necessary? If waiting is going to hurt him longer term, then it would be necessary. If not, then it would be under the category of elective surgeries, which they actually determined that it was actually necessary. So they yeah, do say well, that he that, fits the requirements. I mean, in that case, if it was necessary, then he had to get it. I mean, okay. But, Shane, how do you feel about it? <laughs> okay, so the Met fan in me, one, is like, fuck. Because we were hopeful that this would be a good, a very good rotation. Especially because it seemed like they were making the moves they needed to make to make sure that they had the best five instead of just giving Matt's a slot. Uh, then the other Mets fan in me said, how the hell did this happen? Is he <laughs> going too hard in the weight room again like he did in 2017 that ended that season and short in 2018 for him? Uh, you know, Jacob DeGrom is not a big man. Situation. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom is not a big man. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Ari Dickey had longevity and could go nine innings because he was missing a ligament. Like, elasticity, flexibility is the name of the game with pitching, but now these guys want to be – he wants to be Thor. Is it a thing where he worked out too hard and no one put him in check in the offseason? And he started feeling it, they say, during spring training. But I don't know. So I'll leave it be. That's the that's the that's the negative fan in me inside. <laughs> the positive fan get better. Yes, yes, yes. Then the human side of me comes through this, and we have watched. And you know, not to get overly political, but the truth of the matter is that rich and famous people have had every opportunity in this pandemic to get tested, to get treated, to be isolated at the 
at the sacrifice of people who don't who the, of the have-nots and of the average person. And here we are again in a state, Florida, that over a week ago before this happened had instituted a no elective surgery ban. People have waited months sometimes to get Tommy John surgery. Sometimes it's more crucial to get it right away. He's been living with this for a little while. Yes, the second opinion doctor said, of course he's going to say, it's vital to his livelihood was the term that the doctor used. How many people in this world right now need back surgery, arm surgery, knee surgery, hip surgery to keep their minimum wage jobs, to keep their actual livelihood in place while this millionaire gets the elective surgery that he could wait six months to get. And yes, it'll fuck us through all of 2021. I'm willing to make that choice. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. And he should be too because average people need something here or because the medical bed, the, the ventilator while he's been having operation being done in him, the resources, the tools, the masks, the this, that, and the other thing could be going to people in Florida who need it the, the, on the front line or close by Louisiana it's been hit hard or could bring it up to New York to his home state. I think, I think the Mets and Thor himself need to feel the pressure, and they need to they need to make a big, big. And I give it to the Mets for being straightforward with this because the Red Sox are being very shady as to whether or not their pitcher had that surgery, and they don't want to get the heat from it. But I think both Red Sox aside, the Mets and, and Thor need to make a generous contribution of supplies and money to this release relief effort to say, you know what? Yes, this was his livelihood. Of course, it's all about arbitration, free agency, down the road, blah, blah, blah. But we felt it was important. Right now, the cases aren't as high as New York, but we see where this could be pulling away from something. So here is us threefold giving back in return, and they need to do it now before the apex hits in every place in this country. And I'm, I'm, I am very disappointed in the fact that this was done. And I think it's, I think it's the haves getting the doctors to say whatever they need the doctor to say to have it done so they can save their money, their product, and their resource. And it's taking away from the people and those on the front line who desperately need this. But I feel they can make amends if they give threefold, at least, back to the relief effort. Sorry. <laughs> and that was a yet another no, story. No, it was, it was a very heartfelt thing, and I think we're all feeling it at this point. There are some people who are happy that the Mets didn't try to hide this and that they've been clear that, you know, he did undergo the surgery. This is why... Um, whereas we're still waiting for news from the Red Sox on Chris Sale to see whether or not he actually went through with the surgery. So, you know, at least we're showing our hand and being a little bit honest, but I agree with you. I would like to see them donate something at least um, in terms of, like, relief efforts or, you know, maybe, you know, doing something with the mask or just something in general to say, you know, we're sorry that we had to, you know, take this away from you, but here's something back. Will they? I think once Thor's like more awake from his surgery, just like the, the weekend's gone by and he's, he's able to move around, he might see some tweets, he might see this, he might see some things and say, you know what, shit, I have to step up. The Wilpons, you know, I mean, I think I put them in the same boat as the James Dolans of the world, which, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> hopefully they do step up too. I, re I hope so because it's, it, this is a human issue. And, uh... Absolutely. So, obviously, we know that Thor will be out for at least 12 to 15 months, which will sideline him for 
whatever becomes of the 2020 season and we're likely not to see him until about like june next year so with that in mind regarding the 2020 season what do you see in terms of the rotation and who's going to kind of step in and what's going to be adjusted to make room for other people since thor is not going to be there Bring Matt Harvey back. <laughs> <laughs> That's everywhere now. Everyone's like, do we bring back Matt Harvey? Yeah. Would you? Um, well, first, with the rotation that we do have, I mean, now your, your ace is still going to be, um, no, I mean, Jacob DeGrom, then you'll have Marcus Stroman, um, Porcello, probably Waka, and then Matt will fill up that five hole, or three, four, and five could probably be yeah. switched uh, whichever way Rojas decides to. And then you'll have Lugo be kind of your sixth man slash utility pitcher because he's probably going to be coming in long relief or he'll probably come in once in a while to, you know, close out a game. Um, and then now is this where you rely on your minor league system just in case to bring in another starting pitcher to back up the ones that you have or do you bring in a new signing like uh, Matt Harvey? Or maybe rely on Gasolman to maybe be that seventh Got that second insurance. Yeah. Would you bring back Harvey? Uh, right? Like <laughs> That's exactly what I say. I like the idea of a comeback story. You know, he did, I mean, in 20, oh, when did he make his all-star debut? It was in 2013, um, right? When the yeah. all-star game was in at City Field. Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, everyone loved him, especially going into the 2015 playoffs where we had that World Series run. Yeah. So, the way he left New York was pretty bad, and it left a sour taste in everyone in every New York Mets fan's mouth. However, you know, if he learned his lesson by playing for the Reds and then, you know, Angels. going on to play for the Angels, yeah. is he going to come back to New York and appreciate it a little bit more, or is he going to get caught up in the same drama where he did? Uh, in the 2016 to 2018 uh, side of his career. You never know. For me, I would be, honestly, I would be like 75% wanting him to come back if he's needed. I would, honestly, I would do what they do with a lot of players nowadays. You have him maybe virtually now because of social distancing. Have David Wright sit down with him. David Wright's been instrumental in getting people's head straights, taking people's temperatures, getting long like he was instrumental in Degrom's long-term contract and whatnot. Have David sit down with him and and maybe Jacob, and because Jacob's team, as far as the, he's in charge of that rotation, and it's and David's still the elder statesman who's constantly there. Sit down, take that temperature, and be like, you have to eat. You're gonna have to come here and eat a healthy serving of humble pie, based on how you behave and how you acted. No bullshit assessment. Can you do that? And then even if he says yes, you you make that assessment right there. David's a good yeah. people person, it seems yeah. like. So, and then see if it's worth it. Then, of course, the contract's got to be right. I mean, honestly, he should be coming back for as minimal as possible and 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 maybe incentive least. And you have to be willing to work out the pen as a long man. And you have to be willing to be the fifth starter. And it's a one-year contract, you know, or maybe, maybe you give him a year and a half because of 2020, 2021, however it's going to shape up, if at all. But I feel like it's they really have to get his temperature of whether or not he's actually grown up. But yeah. if he has, sure. It would be an interesting story. See if the Batman signs and masks come back. 
I would love to see what he actually thinks about it. Like, would he actually consider coming back, or does he feel ashamed about how he left? Mm, I think he still wants to play baseball. That's the thing. In a big market, too. Yeah. And New York is where he started, and he'll, I mean, unless the Yankees sign him. Um, Well, I mean, now with Severino going down, you never know, but... Yeah, you never know. Um... I would give Harvey the chance to play, but like you said, with all the incentives that are there and sign him at a minimum. Uh, you know, this kind of brings you back to when the Mets signed back Jose Reyes. Mm-hmm. And it was also similar to that in, in that fashion where he did have a lot of this baggage coming into the mm-hmm. team for the second time. And he wasn't the Jose that everyone loved during the 2006 to 2011 seasons. But, you know, he still played a role on that team. He was. He was our shortstop. He briefly played third base whenever we needed him. Mm-hmm. So if he can fill in roles there and be kind of a utility guy, then I'm for it. But he's definitely not going to be an ace, or he's not going to be the ace that he was in, in 2015. That's a great comparison because it was also David who took Jose's temperature. And granted, they're a lot closer from what we can tell than Matt, Harvey, and David Wright because they came up together. But um, by all, by all, you know, relative to the years they actually came up off of. They came into the minor leagues together. So, yeah, I, I think it would be the pitching version of that, you know. And uh, Jose came back with a lot worse baggage in a way, too, because of, uh, of of what he was coming off of with his family. So it's like this guy was just acting like a baby. So if he's growing up a little bit, how many years has it been? Three? Yeah, about two three years. I think when did it, we traded, we got um... – we made that trade with the Reds. We, I know. We, I remember we got that catcher. I forgot it was Devin something. Yeah, Devin Morocco. Devin C. Yeah. So maybe it was oh, eighteen. No, it was I think it was twenty eighteen. Yeah. So it's only been two years, actually. Yeah. Wow. Is that time for someone to grow up? Huh? Is that? Um, I think he's had the opportunity to see how other ball clubs work, and he's definitely realized that he's not a star anymore. I mean, he's not a yeah. Clayton Kershaw. He's not. Uh, Jacob DeGrom or even a Garrett Cole to be held to the spotlight where you're going to get max money. Like I, I think she's realized that. Yeah, I agree. He sees what the small time is like. Yeah. So, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so moving on. Um, as of a few days ago, MLB struck a, an agreement with uh, the Players Union um, regarding what the season obviously would look like in terms of um, whether or not free agents will stay the same, whether or not arbitration is paying money. Um, so, Shane, why don't you dive into um, what Manfred <clears throat> So Manfred said, well, what the, the other thing, Chuck, MLB is, will be advancing $170 million to the players, which will cover April and May of 2020 only. But if the season is canceled, that's all the pay the players are going to get. Usually the players make a combined total of about $4 billion per season. Uh, the reason, this is in exchange so that the union won't sue for more money because the deal was struck that in exchange for that one-time payment, if the season gets canceled, players, regardless of whether they play any games, will get a full, full service time for the full season if you're a full-time player and partial as it is. Basically, whatever... You would have played, you played. You get a full season. Um, and forthcoming free agents will remain free agents at the end of the season or when the season would have ended. Same for arbitration eligible eligible players. You remain arbitration eligible. If there is a season 
If a player is active, like I said, for an entire amount of games, they get a full season. And if you're only active for half a season, you get half a season. Whether it's 90 games, 60 games, whatever it might be. Uh, MLB has uh, been given the right to shorten the draft, the 2020 draft, from 40 rounds to only five rounds. And it must happen by the end of July. Uh, they can also reduce the 2021 draft to 20 rounds and delay the international 2021-22 signing period to January through December of 2022. All drafted players will have a cap of $20,000 of a $20,000 signing bonus for everyone. Uh, questions still remain as to how they're going to attack uh, or go about high school drafting. Uh, so more will be coming on that. College seniors are going to be allowed to return to their college teams even after graduation next year. So they can get a full year of playing time, the opportunity to be seen I and mean, scouted. However, those returning seniors will then impact the juniors who are now seniors. Yeah. So coaches are going to have to maneuver that as far as who gets what playing time. So that can impact them. Um, all MLB transactions are frozen until further notice. And MLB will likely postpone exp- – oh, sorry. MLB is likely to propose expanded rosters for a 90-game season with a bunch of doubleheaders eyeing a season that's likely to take place – mid to late July into October, and the players said they're willing to play up until Thanksgiving. That includes the postseason. Um, and they're still – the cat's still – the not the cat's out of the bag. What is it? What's that saying? Anyway, uh, they still don't know whether or not there's going to be a the all-star game. The jury's still out. The jury's still out. I've been in this apartment too damn long. I don't know idea what day it is. But the jury's still out on whether or not there will be an all-star game at this point. So that's where we're at with actual things happening. And uh, what do you guys think? I mean, at this point, uh, from the last time we did this, we were announcing that everything is going to probably be announced day to day. So at this point, whatever plays out in the next two weeks, by the time we hit May and June, are we even going to get an MLB season? So everything, I think everything as of now should be taken, is tentative with a grain of salt, but um, we have to see how it plays out. I do like that they're being as flexible as possible to kind of make sure that things don't kind of fall off the rails and don't like severely impact 2021. Obviously when it comes to like the high schoolers and college and all the juniors versus seniors being impacted, that's not going to be able to be avoided. But at this stage, I'm just happy to hear that they're even willing to play through Thanksgiving. Now, up until, which I think has to do, I think that has to do, and they didn't say that, but I think it has to do with people still wanting to play the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, next year. Which right. we're, we're going to go into a segment as to what each of us would, would do if we were the commissioner and we had full control. Or even control over the union as to how we would shape a 2020 season. But then the question becomes, should they just cancel the WBC so that the major leagues aren't affected by this? And if they have to play into December in domes or in nice cities, should they? What do you think? Um, I mean, we're, we're also seeing that they're pushing off the Olympics. So what would be the take back of just pushing it off a year? I mean, obviously, we want to see it sooner. We would like it to happen sooner. But in the state of the affairs now, is everything going to be settled? Are we still going to have this season? And how is this all going to kind of domino effect into each other? I, I would just rather see them put, push it off for the most part. Victor. Yeah, I mean, at this point, every single sport is being delayed and yeah. everything else, even to primaries. So uh, for the World Baseball Classic to be played this year, it would be a stretch. Um, and then so. 
I, I think they should they should consider playing it uh, next year in 2021. So the you believe it's shortened 2020 season if it means running past Thanksgiving takes precedence over the WBC? I don't yeah. think it'll go past Thanksgiving, though, um, because you also have to keep in mind the weather. So we're also looking at um, teams like us who have cold seasons mm -hmm. where you can't necessarily be playing outside. So how many can we relocate and move to the warmer states? And how do we readjust that schedule? There's a lot of things that kind of go into play. I don't really see us moving past Thanksgiving. Well, that's good. That's a good segue into okay. us and our proposals for what okay. we would do. So who wants to go All first? Right. All right, Ashley, you go ahead first. Oh. I'm going to take a nap, Victor. You going to take a nap? I know, dude. She showed us all those papers. I'm like, dude, I got three lines of things. Well, I got... I, just, I like to prepare words. I've got, I got this. Yeah, dude. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, motherfuckers. what I got. I get overly prepared. All right, well, give it, give us what you got there, Ashley. Okay, okay, okay. So, ideally, mine is probably not as complex as yours anyways. You'll probably... You should run a time machine. Huh? What happened? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> okay, so I obviously agree with how they were saying that they wanted to structure it in terms of 90-game season, doubleheaders, probably looking at, like, seven-inning games versus the nine don't look at me like that um <laughs> which one depending on when we actually start will probably dictate how far into like october and november we go so a lot of people are saying that corona is not going to end until about august so imagine we're going from august to november we only have about four months i would cancel the season at that point yeah, is 90 games doable, or do we shorten it down to 60? So it really depends on if we end up starting in like late May, early June, and how that transitions, you know, completely all the way through. But ideally, I'm seeing playoffs in like October, maybe looking at like a 29-man roster to help with the compressed schedules. <laughs> um, and obviously, they don't want to play games without the fans, so if we have to continue delaying that, will that eventually affect how much time that we have? So also the cold weather is going to play into effect. So it all depends on when we actually get back to things. So mine would be, so the season was supposed to start on March 26th. Uh, you push it back three months, so we start uh, at the very end of June, so around June 26th. Um, from there, you eliminate all interleague play just to cut out some games from the season. So you'll have, um, you know, about 142 games, uh, depending on whatever matchups you play. You can eliminate some games being played in the West Coast and whatnot. Uh, and then any four-game set should be um, chopped down into two doubleheaders. So instead of a series going through, say, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or actually, you know, it would be from Monday to Thursday. Mm -hmm. You would um, play doubleheaders for those just to be able to condense the season. Uh, and then you would play baseball up until November. So up until around that Thanksgiving time. I like the, I like the idea of cutting out West Coast as much as possible or, or yeah. East Coast for them. And because there's uh, the a, a set um, where, um, where is it? In August where the Mets, they play the Angels for three games. 
and then they also face the athletics for three games so honestly i mean as much as fans would like to see some west coast mm-hmm. baseball you eliminate yeah. that um and then you know i think you would also have to eliminate the subway series yeah just to yeah that i like the best i like that idea the best and yeah i mean if you can cut down any games where they play against um San Francisco or the Padres. I mean, this could go from any team coming from the West Coast to the East. And Keep it closer to your division. Yeah, so playing teams closer to your division. Um, and then that will... Okay. I mean, you, you eventually will play a shortened season. So whether that ranges from, you know, 130 to 140 games, but at least it's not as much pressure to play a full 162 yeah. season. Yeah. I like it. So what's yours? Okay, so given the insane amount of uncertainty as to when this will pass, and even still there may be people who are players who are experiencing and people within the, the club experiencing lingering effects, let's say it's looking kind of – the feeling I'm getting from watching all these experts is that early June is when life can start returning to normal, at least in the hotbed it is yeah. New York. Who knows California because they seem to be maybe the next place that's going to really be impacted. But let's say by end of June we are ready to play. I don't feel like they should play that early. I think be like, okay, if everything is good on certain places by, say, June 15th, we say right after 4th of July-ish to end of July, we have a new spring training because people got to start over basically to getting into baseball shape. And then the season starts August 1st or around there, whatever that Friday is. And we have a 120-game season. Every team plays doubleheaders on Saturdays and Sunday. Every team has Monday off. Season would last for approximately August 1st and November 15th. Come November, every team without a dome and north of, say, like L.A., Atlanta, Texas, has the option of moving their home stadium to their spring training stadium to finish the season. Playoff venues. Games are kept to the Southern Three California stadiums. L.A., Anaheim, and San Diego for the National League, and Houston, Arlington, and Arizona for the American League. Uh, the close proximity will reduce the need for travel days. Best record gets majority home, stati- uh, home status regardless of if the stadium is the actual home of the team or not. Most likely the Dodgers won't encounter that issue, but they'll probably have the best record anyway because fuck them. However... A team from further north, if a team from the further north is in the playoffs whose stadium has a dome, this would interfere with that and, re- and with the reduced travel day clause of, of keeping into those three stadiums and require a rework of that schedule, uh, of, of that, so they can have their home field. Playoffs begin November 16th with both wildcard games on that day. Division series would take place November 16th. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Sorry, November 15th would be uh, the, the wild card, or 16th. I, I got my dates up. But um, give or take around that time, it would be rejiggered. So around the division series would be around November 16th to the 25th. The 16th, 18th, 20th, 22nd, 24th, 26th, if it goes – actually, no, I don't need – that's why I screwed that up. Okay. So this, <laughs> anyway, it would be alternating days for the division series because that's five games. Stupid me. I'm thinking seven. Yeah. Um, so the NL – one of the NL, one of the AL, on even number days, one of the AL, one of the NL – on odd number days. The championship series would be series is, would be November 28th to December 5th, one off day and both leagues play on the same day rotating the prime the prime time start for ratings. World Series would be December 8th to the 16th with a standard two travel days off built in, postpone the WBC to 2022, push 2021 spring training to March 
and a 154-game schedule for 2021, a, a season that would last May to October, and then back to normal in 2022, 162 games. That's what I would do. I have a random question. Yes. How do you feel um, delaying baseball would affect the other sports? In this country? Yeah. No, I don't think it would because yeah. fans are very split. Like, they're all in their little cults. So you'll have, <laughs> like, the NBA fans right now. I mean, they're in the midst of their season when all this happened. So the NBA fans are still going to watch basketball. The football fans are still going to watch their football games. I don't think there's going to be much interference where it's just like, oh, what sport am I going to watch? Um I mean, good thing in New York, if basketball comes back, there's nothing to watch with the Knicks. <laughs> or football. <laughs> um, and then you, you would have, I mean, the Jets and Giants are both very irrelevant teams. So, I mean, I think baseball is something for New Yorkers to look forward to, whether you're a Yankees or a Mets fan. Um, the only thing, hockey as well. I mean, you know, I think at that point, fans just pick what sport they want to watch. I don't yeah. think it's going to hold a threshold on oh, your sport is affecting my rating and so on and so forth. I mean, I think it would actually drive up revenue because while, yes, a lot of teams aren't going to be able to play in the North in their home stadiums, MLB, like like the packages you would get to watch, to have like a split screen of TV, you can have on your computer, the NFL Red Zone, and you can have basketball if your city's good, you're watching that live, and then basically have the MLB package here. Like, could you imagine what it would be like for the diehard sports fan the fat fuck with his family whose wife wants to kill him, but he's sitting there with his boys and his girls, and they're sitting punked down. They're watching, like, games starting at 11 o'clock, and you got, I've got my football game at 1, and then I've got my basketball game at 5, and then i got the World Series at 8 o'clock. Like, holy crap. Like, that, that it would be, December would be sports, huh? I said, then everybody would be abiding by the stay at home. That's true, and then no corona can hit us. They, they can't come back. But like, I think this like people's subscriptions would drive up because you can't possibly watch all of them on your TV. But you might get the yeah. satellite thing or this and the other, thing, and that could help with the revenue, I think. And I think it would just lead to debates and talk and be lively. People are like football's better. I'm watching that. Baseball's better. I'm watching that. Screw you. I'm watching this or that and the other thing. And it's like, could you imagine Stephen A. going crazy about the and ESPN people? And it would just be it'd be such a, a lively bounce back thing for people to be arguing about dumb shit, but shit that's so much fun and such a needed release. You had. All four major sports together at once. Oh my god, I would love that. That yeah. is so much fun. I actually, I actually like that. It makes me yeah, really I mean, excited. July, to see what comes next? After the in, in July, after the All Star break in the MLB, there's a dead zone in sports. I mean, uh, football. Uh, you're waiting for the football season to start. Basketball season's obviously over, and then hockey season's over. So. In this event, what you do is that, say, sports do come back in August or whatever the case is, you're able to honestly have sports coverage going all the way from uh, August playing into the next year. That'd be amazing. Okay, so another question. How do you see this affecting Corona? Obviously, towards the summer seasons, it'll probably lay out. We'll probably, you know, get rid of it in some fashion. Does this bring concerns as to if it would come back, being that we would have all these sports, everybody going out, everybody participating, because, you know, obviously we've been cooped up for so long. Does this bring concerns, and do you see 
like the MLB putting things in place to help prevent reoccurrence of Corona. Yes, depending on what like the CDC says and Fauci and yeah. folks like that. I think because they're saying the best guess from people like Fauci and the CDC and World Health Organization is that the best case scenario is we have some kind of cure vaccine in 12 to 16 months. That's what the experts are saying. It could be sooner, it could be later, could be right on the button. So I think we have to play life as it comes at this point. If it goes away by June, July, then we can make a decision for the what we can do, knowing full well that life might come back to a crawl at any second. And then as it comes, you you do like what like like Victor, like you were saying, like you, you take it on every two week, whatever it is basis, and if something crop comes back up, obviously life's just gonna have to stop. I hope not, like, but well, would you be able to imagine opening day? So at City Field I think it holds what, thirty nine thousand? Or a little Something less, like that. A little, a little, uh, I think, I think, less, I think yeah. just under four. Around there. Yeah. What if that get, gets cut down to half? So approximately like 18,000. Which is like normal. Everyone coming. Do you honestly see everyone coming out? Or do you see people kind of like worried and like, oh, maybe I should stay home? In this city? People out there right now in the parks with contact sports. No one's taking this shit seriously. The second they get the green light to go out there and do it, City Field is going to be sold out. It's going to be sold out if they play this year. People want to get back out there. If they have to keep it down. What do you think is happening with season ticket holders? Because we were close to purchasing. That is a good question. Um, To be honest, I think what a lot of people are doing is giving credits. Instead of like being like, oh, I'm going to give you a refund. They're giving credits to people for things to come. So I would be so mad if I received credit. So, like, if they play a 90-game season, like they're proposing or talking about, like, and you paid for – because that's going to be what? How many games? A 45 so games? You would get – so you pay for 81 games. And you're getting 45. Okay. If it's a normal season. Yeah. And then yeah. if you cut it down to 90, so you – for 45 games. So that's like a partial ticket plan. What's the credit you could possibly offer to somebody for – oof. Because the prices they were talking about – yeah, like they were Up pretty there. high prices. So I would just imagine the Wilpons not wanting to give up any money because, you know, they are the Wilpons after all. So just imagine them trying to like readjust in other ways, like maybe raising up like prices at the concessions to offset certain things. I could see it. Yeah. Cutting back on the t shirts, more of them, you know? <laughs> Eliminate <the old. laughs> I wonder what's going to happen with those bobbleheads now. They're just going to be sitting there for a while. But here's a question that I, I, I they'll probably sell them. It dawned it dawned on me like two weeks ago, but I forgot to bring it up to you guys. Do you think with the way the economy is going to be, experts are saying we might be already in a recession from this? Do you think that's going to negatively, positively, or not at all impact the selling of the team? Uh, I think the value of the team would go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, no one, even when uh, Cohen, or when he was offering, what, two, $2 billion for the team, uh, people were saying, like, he's overpaying for it. At this point, you're, you're not going to have anyone that's even probably going to touch that number. And the Will Ponds, I think, would probably wait then. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a longer wait. I don't think we'll see the team being sold anytime soon. I think 20. Yeah, that, that was a pipe dream. 
will probably be when we start seeing. Uh oh, Rona. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's the Rona. Nah, not funny, but yeah, I think I don't think we're going to be selling this team anytime soon. No, I don't think so. It, it, was, think cool. it was cool. It was cool to talk about, but what's that? I said it was cool to talk about, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the prayer, the round, the, the the round table prayer we had to thank the lords. That they yeah. play baseball gods for Cohen's appearance, and then, as with everything as a Mets fan, it's too good to be true. But. Maybe this will be a good thing where it, the team does lose a little value, so it might open up to more potential buyers in a way. Because I don't know, I would hope so, but I think they're too greedy to do that. I think they'll be like, I, "We're gonna sit here and wait for it to go back up," and we estimate that to be six to eight years. Well, they're probably worried about like their budgets and everything, because obviously they're going to be paying for the workers um, at the stadium and such as well. So, well, not really. They're only put, every team put one million dollars each to their workers, and at the moment there is no contingency plan for if it goes beyond what that million covers. And Manfred said when he announced this thing that they're doing with uh, fanatics. Uh, uh, that each team, it's up to their the owner's discretion how to distribute that $1 million to their people and which it's hourly employees and how they distribute that over what period of time. So every owner is still being allowed to be themselves, which I'm sure the most hourly workers in the city field is a very bad thing. Yes. We all need a Mark Cuban at this time in our lives. Let me just tell you that for teams. Yeah. We really do. <clears throat> As I cough. <laughs> so with that said, this has been the call to the pen. I'm Ashley. Victor. I'm Shane. And we got that right this time. (laughs) And you said a call to the pen instead of a call to the bullpen. So, well done. Last time you kept saying call to the bullpen, which was not true. Um, All right, friends. So stay stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Take care of everybody. Stay home. And uh, show a little love. Wash your hands. Bye, everybody. Peace.